1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. It's just going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: All right, let's see how bold we can be today and all week long on fantasy football today yes this is bold predictions week we're going to start it with jamie eisenberg giving us three of his boldest predictions for 2023 i will actually start the boldness off right now are you ready nuggets in five nuggets in five
2: nuggets in five, nuggets wow. In five. wow that's uh, that's a little strange considering what they just accomplished last night the heat
0: I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. They stink. Like, there's so many players that just stink, and they're playing out of their minds. I, I don't understand. It can't happen anymore. Okay.
2: Well, what what stinks about the fact that they beat the two top seeds in the East, and they've been an incredible team, arguably the best coach team. They're great. I love them. They're great. But if, they're going. If they're anybody down, should be,
3: understand this. It's you. <laughs> Didn't your team win like two Super Bowls as a seventh seed or something?
0: Sort of the second time around, they actually <laughs> won their division, but sort of. Uh, yeah, you know, in what? the playoffs and get hot. I just had they, to weren't say,
2: they wild cards both times.
0: No, no, they they beat the Falcons at home in 2011. They won the division that year, but um, yeah, so uh, they did have one home game in that stretch. But anyway, uh, I just <laughs> wanted to give a bold prediction and, and give a really was a shout out to the Heat. Nice win last night. Nuggets and five.
2: Uh, Are you worried about your Panthers? Yeah, I'm a little
0: worried, but, you know, honestly, it doesn't really bother me that much being a bandwagon fan. That's the nice part about being a bandwagon fan. Just get right off if I have to.
1: Um,
2: Jamie, (laughs) I did speak to a uh, Canes fan last night who said, we got Texas in basketball. We'll allow them to get us in baseball.
0: Oh, yes. I hope you're all paying attention to the uh, college baseball regionals. Big Gators game today for Jamie and Schaefer.
2: Anyway... So this is Fantasy Football
0: Today. Jamie actually gave me five bold predictions. If you want to hear the other two, check that out on Fantasy Football Today in five. Let's start with one here from Jamie. We have a lot of news to get to, uh, but Jamie, give me one of your three bold predictions.
2: Uh, the three that you're going to use. Uh, so this is a story I'm doing for our magazine, uh, that Bijan Robinson will be the number one running back in fantasy and set the rookie record for most fantasy points scored, which was done by Eric Dickerson in 1983. So, a very long standing mark held by one of the greatest of all time. Uh, but I think Bijan has the potential to do that. But again, we're talking bold prediction. So, it doesn't have to necessarily come true. But I think he's going to have a, uh, a big rookie season. I actually spoke to Arthur Smith uh, on Friday, and um, it was a great conversation. And so, looking forward to writing the story. I'm hoping to track down Eric Dickerson myself. Um, but uh, I do think that Bijan's got an opportunity here to be pretty special, as I think we all know, uh, but to a heights that we have not seen in, uh, what is that, 40 years?
3: Yeah. Yeah. How 1983. Wow. Pre-Easer? No, nope.
0: 84 was, was a big year.
3: Wow. <laughs> the greatest season in your lifetime is coming up. What do you mean? The greatest oh, oh, rookie Bijan.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I thought you were gonna say like running back rookie running back production's been way down since Azar was born. So that was uh three hundred and ninety carries, one thousand eight hundred and eight yards, and eighteen touchdowns with fifty-one catches as a rookie. That's a
2: lot of work to do, Bijan. <laughs> he
0: struggled the following year. He set the record with two thousand one hundred and five rushing yards, but only 14 touchdowns. Eric Dickerson. All right, Heath, what's your reaction to this bold prediction?
3: Um, I love it. I mean, I, there's nothing about B. John Robinson that would prevent him from doing this. He, If he is given the opportunity to do it he could do it he has that type of ability and the falcons have an offensive system and an offensive line that's going to generate good rushing conditions just like they did last year i wonder how many times they're going to throw the ball which will impact how many can he catch 50 passes on a team that throws 450 or 500 if kyle pitts and drake london both have as many targets as i think they're going to have it it'll be interesting um and then i wonder and I, i Wonder if Brother Smith talked about this. How much Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson are going to play this year? He
2: did he did talk about that. And, you know, he expects them to have a a, a pretty significant role. You know, he wasn't going to tip his hand about right. who's getting this amount of carries, that amount of carries. You know, he did say throughout the course of a game in the course of a season, you know, a guy gets a hot hand, and you know, you like to ride that hot hand. I asked him, you know, given the fact that he coached Derrick Henry as the offense coordinator of the Titans. And he said, we would never ask anybody to do what we asked Derek to do that year. You know, he was basically Superman and, you know, uh, understandably so, meaning his last last year that he was there, which was 2019. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, again, it's a big stretch for Bijan to get to that level. But I do think the first part of that is somewhat realistic, that he might be the best running back in fantasy for this season because, as Heath alluded to, you know, he's going to be in a great system. He's going to pro- most likely – Uh, I'd be a little shocking if he's not the lead running back there, but get the opportunity to get, uh, you know, I I, I don't think 250 carries is out of their own possibility. um, If not more, you know, because they ran the ball 550 times last year. So, you know, when you walk into a situation with 250 carries, if he gets, let's say, just be conservative, Mm. 35 receptions, you know, based on his skill set, I think that's realistic. Then whatever he does on top of that, I think is, you know, pretty fun. So it's uh, a, it's a great opportunity for a rookie running back to step into and to potentially be the best in, in his first season. It's a little surprising. Uh,
0: here's a comment uh, from Don. I just don't see it in today's NFL. Tyler Aldier, Algier isn't just going away. Uh, well, the last four games of the season, Algier had 17 or more carries in every game. And Cordero Patterson had 14, 8, 9, and 5 carries in those games. So he still averaged 9 carries per game. Cordero Patterson, while Algier was averaging, I don't know what it will uh, 70, uh, almost 20, 20 carries a game. So, you know, I'm not sure what the split's going to be. Heath won't be 20 and nine, but there's probably room for two. But what do you think? I mean, how big of a role could Algier have while Robinson finishes number one, number two, somewhere around there?
3: Well, it's, I think the third name that I said will determine that. Like, Does Cordero Patterson play offense at all? Is he played running back at all? Is he just playing wide receiver and special teams now? If Cordero Patterson's playing running back, then Tyler Algier cannot also have a big role while Bijan is a top 10 running back. I don't think all three of those things work. The way I've got it projected right now is 337 total touches for Bijan and about 195 for Algier and Patterson combined.
0: All right. So, first bold prediction: Bijan Robinson will be the number one running back in fantasy and have the best fantasy rookie season of all time, uh, better than Eric Dickerson's 1983 season. Anybody know the last rookie running back to finish number one? Saquon. Saquon, it is. In fact, we had a stretch 2016, 17, 18, where we had Zeke finish as RB two as a rookie, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara finished three and four. And Barkley, the next year, finished number one. So it was three straight years where at least one rookie running back was top four.
2: Okay, let me tell you there about... you go, Adam. You have seen some great rookie performances.
0: I have. No, nothing like Eric Dickerson, but yes. Uh, let me tell you about Morning Buzz on CBS Sports HQ. If you missed some of the action while you were sleeping, uh, your sports day starts here with Morning Buzz. Highlights from all the top games and leagues. Catch up on storylines and social buzz. Jump in and jump out. Morning Buzz runs all morning, starting at 9 a.m. Get it all for free on the CBS Sports app. Great way to catch up on Jamal Murray's missed three-pointer at the end of the game against the inferior team that won game two and everything else. Jamie, did you go on Tron?
2: No, we did did not go to uh, Magic Kingdom. We went to uh, Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So it was a little impromptu trip. And we kind of planned it on the fly, but um, fun nonetheless. So,
0: very cool. Yep. Always fun. A lot of fried fried food at Disney. uh,
2: I actually, I I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine. I think I eat the best in my life when I'm at Disney because I don't eat. (laughs) Because, like, we we wake up in the morning and I'm like, let's go. And, you know, my kids are like, oh, we need food. I'm like, no, we got to get to the park. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go." (laughs) And so I end up feeding them, but then I don't eat myself because I just want to get out and get there. And then i will its basically like uh, intermittent fasting because you know I'll eat like six o'clock at night with dinner, whatever. And then I won't eat in the hotel and I won't eat all day until like lunchtime. So, uh, it works out better for me.
0: I guess that smart boy—I would have not enjoyed being your kid because like getting up at the butt crack of dawn to go to Disney. I'm like, come on, give me a
2: break. No, it's not that early. The park opens at eight. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: that's—that's that's pretty early.
2: You're there at eight. I try to be. We we failed, Brutal. but we tried. <laughs> you should be
3: in, you should be in line when they start taking money for parking. Like you should be when they're ready to let well, you in. You should you should be there ready. So to go.
2: the the best thing you can do, honestly, if if you can you know manage it, is and you know for me it's hit or miss, but right uh, if you can stay on property, it's, yeah. you get early entry. So That's the best part of it. Yeah. All Not right. All let's get guided tours.
0: Let's go into the uh, news and notes here. So this, I don't know that we have talked much about it, but interesting story that came out. Uh, I think on Friday, Russell Wilson apparently declined trades to the Eagles and the Commanders in 2022. Boy, history changed so much with that move. Going to the Broncos instead. That was according to Sports Illustrated. Let's talk about. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins here. Aaron Wilson, who covers the Browns of KPRC, said there's a strong possibility that the Browns signed DeAndre Hopkins and uh, the Houston Chronicle saying that Hopkins is interested in returning to the Texans. Um, I don't know. Should we talk about this, Heath, or just let it play
3: out? What do you think? I'll let you decide. Well, Well, I think the first thing we've seen is that the Chiefs and Bills are not willing to pay him $20 million a year like he, he came out and wanted to play for a winner and then he also said that he wanted 20 million dollars a year and those two didn't seem to go together so the the possibility of teams has widened if he goes to cleveland i might have a hard time not ranking deshaun watson as a top five quarterback again
2: who said that recently though about they wanted to get a certain amount of money and then they ended up getting it we were surprised oh uh Odell. beckham, beckham yeah. yeah yeah
3: it's insane
0: uh, Tony Pollard says he's not really limited right now. Things are going in the right direction for him. He expects to be fully ready for training camp. He injured his ankle and his leg in January. Alright, let's talk about Dalvin Cook. So ESPN says all indications are that Kevin O'Connell would use Madison as an every down back. By the way, the article was basically like he's pretty much gone. You know, it seems almost like a foregone conclusion. You can read the story but on ESPN.com, but It just There's a lot of it. People don't really seem to think Dalvin Cook is going to be on the Vikings. And now O'Connell's talking about Madison. He called him a three-down back, basically. So, oh, man. This is going to be a huge story when it actually happens. Let's say Dalvin Cook goes to the Dolphins and Alexander Madison is the lead guy for the Vikings. Heath, when would you draft both of those players?
3: Man... I'm probably going to say that I'd be early round three on Dalvin Cook and not too far behind on Alexander Madison.
2: Jamie, who'd go first? Uh, Madison for me, and I would probably look at both in round four. Uh, I I think for really for Minnesota's situation, to me I, I think Madison's the 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 biggest winner of all this. You know, Dalvin mm-hmm. going to the Dolphins, there's still going to be some level of a crowded backfield. I don't think it will be a solo act in Minnesota. But I think if they're making this move, knowing that this is a wide open division now and they're coming off of a playoff run, that you're not looking at doing this. I know money's clearly involved, but you're not doing this unless you are confident that Madison is going to be the guy. So Cook at his age, you know, going to a new team, going to a team that's going to have a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. Now, somebody's going to get cut. You know, it's going to be a matter of whoever it is. You know, it could be just Achmed or or Miles Gaskin. But. Um, I don't see the Dolphins necessarily giving Dalvin Cook the same amount of work that the Vikings will give Madison.
3: I agree with all of that except I'm not trying to poke chafey tea sh- 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 t- here. Maybe I am. Um, Adam, can we call what the Vikings did last year a playoff run?
2: Is it more <laughs> no. like a playoff fall? Well,
0: they they, they, they the ran
2: playoffs. to the playoffs. So they <laughs> fell in the playoffs.
0: They threw to the playoffs, I guess. <laughs> then they and then they blew it in the playoffs. Yeah, but they played a really good team. You can't really a playoff play them.
3: stumble. Yeah.
0: Look, there's no shame in losing to that Daniel to a Daniel Jones-led team. So it's, right. it is what it is.
2: I, I also think the, the bigger story here, not the bigger story, the, the, the second part of the, the story is who's the number two guy in Minnesota? Hmm. Because as part of those stories, uh, there was multiple uh, on, on them since I think the ESPN story was first, um, that Ty Chandler would be the, the number two guy right now and then N- Nguangnu, yeah, um, would be involved as well. But I really want to see what they do with Dwayne McBride because, you know, this is a guy that uh, did well in college, had a hamstring injury coming out, didn't run at the combine. Um, I I have a little intimate knowledge of of the situation just because of his trainer. But I, I do think that he is going to surprise some people in camp. And we know that Madison's never done this before. So if he fails or gets injured, who could be that next guy up? And so that's a big part of this to follow. Like the Dolphins situation, I think, you know, Dalvin would be the lead guy, but we probably see whoever's left share that workload there in Miami. If, in fact, he goes Miami. Right, you know, that's not right. a, a done deal to begin with. I think just a lot of people have connected the dots there.
0: Yeah, and the Miami Herald said it's a real possibility that Dalvin Cook could, could end up on the Dolphins, which is why I threw that hypothetical out there. Some more news items to get to after a quick break on fantasy football today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. All
0: right, back to our news. Welcome back, everybody. Eagles running back Rashad Penny is participating in OTAs, so that's good news. Seattle right tackle Abraham Lucas was a good player for them as a rookie last year. Uh, he's had shoulder surgery, and Pete Carroll says he's expected to be ready for Week One. Uh, we should do like a hash- hashtag. Pete Carroll says, uh, you know, I think I think that's funny. I think we're gonna. Do, I'm gonna start that hashtag. Pete Pete Carroll says. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, because nothing, you can't believe anything he ever says. C.J. Stroud, uh, rookie Texans quarterback, basically had strong OTAs. Seems like he's going to be the starter. You know, not a surprise, but it looks like week one is more likely. And, uh, yeah, he, he drew some good reviews. Uh, Buffalo needs to beef up their pass rush. They signed Leonard Floyd. How about this? When they had Von Miller... The first, I think, 10 games, I think weeks one through 11, they had the seventh best pressure rate in the NFL. Beginning in week 12, when Von Miller got hurt towards ACL, they were 24th after that for the rest of the regular season. Miller says he expects to be ready for week one. We'll see. But they did sign Leonard Floyd, which is a nice signing for the Bills. Khalil Herbert said the Bears are going running back by committee. And Andy Reid said second-year wide receiver Justin Ross has Patrick Mahomes' trust Heath, I'll throw it to you on this one. Should we be drafting Justin Ross? Or how deep of a draft do we have to be in for that?
3: I'd probably have to get to round 20 <laughs> um, is what I've been thinking. Like, it, it may, be, may be 18 in the right settings, but somewhere in that range. I don't think in a standard 15-round draft I'm ready to draft him yet. But there's, there's not one sure thing on the depth chart of wide receivers standing in front of him. Like you're go wide dark, race. What's that?
2: Good best ball dart throw. Right.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. All right. Back to the bold predictions. So the first one from Jamie was that Bijan Robinson will be the number one running back and have the best fantasy rookie season of all time. Uh, number two, why don't we stick with one that's somewhat related because Drake London is part of this, Jamie and your sophomore wide receiver bold prediction. It's kind of a, a mouthful. Do you need me to read it for you?
2: <laughs> no, I know what it is. Okay. Uh, so five and t- this is total points. Five uh, sophomore receivers will finish in the top 24, and those five are Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks. Seven, including those five, so the next two, would be George Pickens and Jahan Dotson finished in the top 36. So if you're starting a three-receiver league, all three, all seven will, will be starters for you. And then eight, in terms of Jamison Williams, this is the hardest one I think they have to get to, eight uh, sophomore wide receivers, so one more, Jamison Williams, they will all average at least 14 PPR points per game. Now that was the 19th. There were 19 receivers who did that last year, um, so it's a big stretch <laughs> for them to do that.
1: <laughs>
2: but um, again, we're trying to be bold here. So it's a fun class. I think there's a lot of opportunities for all these guys, and uh, hopefully they all step up. You know, it's uh, some of them are easier to you know see the path to success, but I think there's um, significant opportunities for all of these guys, and hopefully they deliver.
3: I think, like I know, it was a lot of words, Adam. But I think that the last one was what really made it bold for me, because I've got seven of these guys in my top twenty-seven, um, top thirty for sure. Um, the Pickens is the one that I'm getting more and more scared of, um, just because I'm not sure there's going to be a huge change in how many targets he earns. But I, I love these guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let me read it again. Uh, for okay, so five wide receivers, five sophomore wide receivers will finish top twenty-four in total points. They are Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks. That's pretty bold. I mean, based on average draft position or early rankings, Traylon Burks in the top 24 is pretty bold. Then two more will finish top 36, George Pickens and Jahan Dotson. And they're all going to average at least 14 PPR points <laughs> per game. And so is Jamison Williams after he serves his five-game
3: suspension. So, really, it's he's also calling for one of the greatest wide receiver seasons we've had. <laughs> yes. Because two of those guys are going to score 14 fantasy points per game and not be t- top 24 wide receivers.
1: Yeah, that's
2: good. well, no, no, no. The, you got to factor in Williams is not playing the full season, so he's not going okay. to get there. And there's probably going to be some injuries along yeah, the way. That's true.
3: Dotson so, had a couple hits.
2: This is a point. That's why I said I think there's going to be five that have great seasons because of the games that they play, but also they're going to average a great number per game. Yeah. And then you're going to see a few guys miss some time but still perform at a very high level when they're on the field.
0: This is this would be like hitting the lottery. There is... <laughs> <this> <laughs> greatest is <Marley> ever. <laughs> really, really difficult. Which one concerns you the most of, of this whole thing? What, what concerns you the most? What part is the most Oh, concern? the
2: 14 points per game. That's the hardest part. All
0: right, so the, what about Wilson, Olave, Watson, London, Burks as top 24 receivers, um, and Pickens and Dots in top 36? What concerns so you the the, most? So the there?
1: first
2: four uh minus burks i have inside my top 24 already so i'm not as high on them uh, collectively as heath is uh burks i think right now is at 30 and then the other two guys behind them are in the top 36. so uh the more like i i see about burks and um if you want to do some some light reading i i did last week uh some ota wrap-ups of the nfc and the afc split them up into two stories and so i went through basically like a lot of beat reports and uh, the research was more more heavy lifting than the writing, just on trying to find things that were relevant. But, you know, you just hear some great things about Burke so far. Uh, I think you've heard me met, reference that I spoke to Chico Conquo earlier this offseason. He was very high on him. Um, again, they're in shorts and in T-shirts. You know, they're, they're running against air. Um, but you go back to last year, this time last year for him was an absolute disaster. He had the conditioning issues, you know, ended up, you know, finding out that he had asthma. Um, I, I found one quote where he said, I can breathe you know when talking about what's the difference between this year and last year um, there's so many targets available a healthy Ryan Tannehill I think is going to be huge for that team in general as long as he stays the starter because uh, Malik Willis was a was a disaster last year as we saw from a passing standpoint really from a quarterback standpoint so maybe will will Levis if he's a little bit better as a passer that will help Burks but i mean there there's really so many opportunities in this passing game for for just chances to succeed and so i would not be surprised if if he's you know top three of this group but you know you see again the the path for all of these guys there, there's just so many uh so many chances and, and I'm, I'm with heath you know Pickens is somebody that i sort of you know waffle on between him and dotson about who's next after that five and it's not that i don't think dotson is talented uh but i'm also concerned about his quarterback situation you know sam howell has played one game you know and and is he going to be uh, a guy that enhances his receiving core this is a guy that ran for 800 yards his final year at North Carolina. You know, is he just going to be a guy that escapes the pocket? He, he's probably somebody we don't talk enough about, yeah. you know, from a late-round dart throw type of quarterback because he could be a 2,800, 700 guy, you know, based on, you know, look, looking at like what Daniel Jones did, for example. You he know, could so be a little Daniel Jones, less yeah. less of a passer but more of a runner. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in any event, you know, so those two guys are the ones that make me the most nervous. And obviously if Jamison Williams was playing a full season, you certainly see the upside there. Uh, which is why I kind of put him in the last category of just points per game. You know, so if he plays to what his potential is, he could clearly be a star. Uh, but he's not going to get the total points based on his missed opportunities.
0: Heath, isn't it easier from a projection standpoint to expect Traylon Burks to be a top twenty-four receiver than Drake London? I, just so such an easier path to targets, I think. And um, you know, and then you got the Bijan factor, who's going to have an eighteen hundred-yard rushing season. Right. Um, isn't it easier to, to get Burks into that than, than London? I don't.
3: Um, maybe. It's it's harder for me to believe that the Titans are going to open up the passing game and throw more than they did last year. And I expect that the Falcons are going to throw more than they did last year because they threw more when Desmond Ritter was the quarterback and they've talked about how they have to throw more. Um, but there is less. there is one less significant piece of competition for targets, but it's still just one guy. The number two wide receiver on the Falcons is Mac Collins. Um, There's absolutely no reason that Kyle Pitts and Drake London couldn't both have a twenty-five percent target share, or maybe one of them's twenty-seven and one of them's twenty-five. But there's not other guys to throw to.
0: Okay. Speaking of target share, how about two wide receivers on the same team, just crushing it. And Jamie, your last bold prediction that we'll get to today. Again, if you want to hear more, check out FFT and Five uh, about the Jaguars' wide receivers. Go ahead.
2: So I, uh, the bold prediction is that Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk will be the best wide receiver duo in the NFL from a fantasy perspective. But uh, you know the the ones that they I think would have to leap over because I think it's easy to say based on how we have them ranked. That's kind of the way I approached this was Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, um, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith to be respectful. And Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell. I think those three, based on fantasy duos, go into the season as the best trio. Now, there's obviously some other teams and some guys you could throw into the mix and, you know, certainly up for debate. Uh, but let's have some fun with the Jaguars guys. And if Calvin Ridley can return to form and Christian Kirk can sort of build off what he did last year, I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big season. Like I, I, so the way, that I, the way that I sort of stumbled upon this was um, in the five that I gave you, you know, I was trying to think of, you know, just some that are fun. And I was like, you know, I want to do a Trevor Lawrence bull prediction because I think he's going to have a great season. And so I gave the Anthony Richardson one, which we'll talk about on, on, the, on the other show. Um, so I don't want to give you too many quarterback ones. So I was like, uh, let's let's get a Jaguars one in here somehow. And, okay, let's let's look at the receiver. So I, I think these guys are going to have huge seasons. Um, to what level, we'll find out. You know, the other way I was sort of toying with this was are they going to be the new – because you heard me say this a few times. Are they going to be the new Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? You know, in terms of how they how they produce, you know, in terms of one guy big play throughout, one guy catching a lot of passes, uh, but I I think taking it to another level was was just a little bit more fun. So, um, if Ridley and and Kirk uh, be are are the two top dogs by a significant margin for Trevor Lawrence, you know, no Evan Ingram, no Zay Jones, you know, no no running back involvement, and we are getting 150 targets for both these guys, um, which is clearly a stretch, but uh, I I think they can have just absolutely monster 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 campaigns.
0: So, Heath, I'm going to throw out some stats for you here. Uh, looking at Trevor Lawrence, who did so much of his fantasy damage in 2022 in a five-game stretch. It was by far the best five-game stretch of the season for the Jaguars' offense. And Lawrence was on pace for 4,913 yards, 44 touchdowns, three interceptions. So... A best-case scenario for Lawrence, I I could see him flirting with 5,000 yards in 17 games, 4,900 yards. I could see it. 44 touchdowns, three interceptions, not going to happen. But if you just look at the yards, he averaged 38.4 pass attempts per game. In those five games, Christian Kirk was on pace for over 1,300 yards. Zay Jones was on pace for over 1,400 yards. And they both had a target share between 24% and 26.6%. Evan Ingram actually had a 20% target share in that stretch, but really nobody else got targeted. So, do you, can you see a 4,900-yard season from Trevor Lawrence? And if he gets there, what do you think about Jamie's bold prediction that this is the best receiving duo in fantasy?
3: Uh, okay, I want to address two things. First, first yours, then Jamie's. Because I do think like if you look at the best five-game stretch of every quarterback in the NFL over the last 10 years a lot of them would have projected for a 4900 yard season the next year um, there, there are I'm a aware. lot of quarter-
0: what I am aware I'm asking if okay. you think Okay you can I just want to make sure everybody else was as well. I'll will go on record say I think Trevor Lawrence can throw for 4900 yards I, this the year The
3: thing that I like the most about the poll prediction is I think that it, you the talent is there Like if Trevor Lawrence becomes the quarterback that he was projected to be and has one of those, like he could do that. Calvin Ridley, we've seen him be that guy. Christian Kirk was a borderline top 12 wide receiver last year. The talent is there. The thing that I think that where it gets into trouble it's kind of the opposite of the Atlanta situation. There'll be a lot more pass attempts. That's one way it's the opposite. But also, I don't think there's going to be two guys with a huge share of the target because I do think that Evan Ingram's going to be involved, and I do think they're going to throw it to their running backs a little bit. And I do think they'd, Zay Jones seems to still be a big part of the plan. So, But I, I've come around more and more on the Kirk-Ridley combo, and I think I have them both inside my top 24 now. Um, but, I mean, obviously it's pulled. That's the reason.
2: Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's the hardest thing about this is it's not them. It's that Chase and Higgins are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And yep. Brown and Smith are pretty amazing. And that I Kill, and Jalen Walker are pretty good. And then you factor in, you know, you could make a lot of other cases. I mean, Jefferson and whether it's Addison or Osborne, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Cooper Cup and <laughs> whoever else is there, you know, there's just so many great, you know, lead receivers. And then the second guy, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you know, you mentioned this, Heath and I'm glad you you signed a little bit of light on Kirk, but really, he's the one I think that has to step into a secondary role now. If Calvin Ridley, to your, to what you said, if Calvin Ridley returns to, right. to form, which is you know what what would have to you know clearly be the case for this, but if he is that guy again, does Kirk still get the chance to to shine? As and 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 for this to come true, it would have to be the one A, not just a, a, a two. He would have to clearly be better than Jones, clearly be better than Ingram. And then really being like that. Because I, I think you're right, Adam. You can see Trevor Lawrence doing everything he needs to do the, with the heavy lifting to make these guys successful. The offense should allow these guys to be successful. It's can these two receivers, one get back to a level, one, you know, sort of adjust himself and then get to another level as well. And that would be, I think, the hardest part of this.
0: Yeah. By the way, last year, I just looking at this now, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell destroyed in this category. They had. Over 3,000 total yard, three thousand receiving yards combined. Of course, Chase and Higgins both missed time with injury. Uh, the second-best duo would have been the Eagles guys, Brown and Devonte Smith. They were around 2,600, I think. Um, but the reason I just brought up that five-game stretch is because if there is a scenario where Trevor Lawrence throws for 4,900 yards, I just wanted to see what it might look like. And you had right. Zay Jones actually lead the team in targets. He had a, he had a 26.6% target share was amazing in those games. Christian Kirk, 24%, Evan Ingram, 20%. And Travis Etienne had nine targets in those five games. Uh, so. Who
2: is the, uh, like the Texans come to mind for me, but the, the worst duo? Oh, could be the Giants, honestly. I mean. Oh, for sure.
0: Well, I don't know. Texans could have been. Uh, no, Brandon Cooks, yeah. We're not counting Darren
2: Muller. Cooks is not with the Texans.
0: <laughs> no, you mean who's going to be this year? Who was last this year? This year? Yeah, this, this oh, year. I'm sorry. I thought you meant last year
2: no we can we could find out who. The so one we got nico
0: robert no, woods
3: <laughs> and tank dell and mechie a lot of unknowns there yeah i'm more certain that the giants are bad but the the texans could be worse
0: you underestimate darius slayton he's not that bad
2: you know so i i for the magazine and and for the site you know so a uh, little peek behind the curtain for those of you who don't know when you click on a player page And you see those player outlooks. We write all of those player outlooks. You know, myself, Heath, Dave, Dan, Chris. uh, Adam doesn't know the rights. He doesn't do this. Um, But we we do all those player outlooks. So uh, I have the NFC East and the AFC East. You have the West. The West. Dave does the South. And um, I think Chris and Dan split the rest um, or split the North. Um, So I was doing the Giants player outlooks uh, the other day. And Slayton actually wasn't horrible you know, know. It's, it's funny because he got he got overlooked by what Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins did at the end of the season but there was a stretch before those guys where he was producing fairly consistently he missed a portion of the season but he's he's very very intriguing you know it's it's uh it's clearly not somebody that you're going to target on draft day but if Wanda Robinson and Sterling Shepard aren't back and you're talking about Jalen Hyatt trying to feel, fit some role. You know, he he was asked about this. Uh, where does he feel most comfortable? Playing in slot, playing outside. I think it's pretty clear at this point that Hodgins and Slayton are the two outside guys. And so Hyatt's going to have to fight with. And this is going to sound funny, but he's going to have to fight with Paris Campbell, I think, for the slot role if those other two guys aren't healthy. Um, it's so many, so many moving parts with this with this passing game. Uh, but I do think that Slayton and, and Hodgins, Hodgins is going to get the one that is going to be the one that gets the most attention. But Slayton's not a bad dart throw either with Light Run pick.
0: Bold prediction. Here we go. Then we got to your your emails. The Giants wide receivers in just yards outgain the Chiefs
3: wide receivers. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. Okay.
0: All right. Let's take a break. I've gone crazy.
2: It, would, it, would, it is, it is a, speaking of that, it is a funny exercise that if it was any other quarterback looking yeah. at that group in Kansas City, uh-huh. you say, like, I'm not drafting that guy. No. <laughs> no, And here we are. He's number one for everybody.
0: I mean, are the Chiefs going to have an 800-yard receiver? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. But I, the Giants have, I think, a better chance of having an 800-yard receiver than the Chiefs. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. But not much worse. All right, enough Giants talk. We'll be back with your emails, cbsi.com. Stick around.
3: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a price Go to your happy price Price line this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: All right, here we go. A few emails emptying the inbox here. we got some great Dynasty emails that I hope Heath is able to read on his special Dynasty show on Tuesdays. Check it all out, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. If you want to watch it, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. You can also hear it just on this podcast. All right. Anyway, uh, first email comes from Scott from the land of the second greatest switch hitter in baseball history, Eddie Murray. Well, is that Baltimore? I don't know where Murray's from. But uh, Scott is having problems reconciling why Quentin Johnston is not ranked higher in Dynasty Then Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, and Jordan Addison. His quarterback is far superior to JSNs and Addisons, and his ascension to wide receiver one is clearer than that of those two. And by the way, Dave said he does have uh, he does have Johnston ahead of Addison, not JSN. But Heath, what do you think?
3: I think it's more, and we've talked about this on the Dynasty Show a couple of times. Um, he's right. There's the upside there playing with Justin Herbert. If he becomes the true number one for Justin Herbert, he should be. <laughs> Um, there's a lot more concerns about whether he's going to be able to get open as the number one in the NFL versus JSN and Addison. They are, they are much, much, much better at getting open at this point in their careers. He has the physical traits. He has some things that he's really going to have to improve on, though, if he's going to be a, an alpha number one. Jamie, how do you rank them?
2: Uh, he would be third for me. You know, but I, I do think there's clear a clearer path to him having a better chance as he said to be the number one guy you know because again he's tied to the best quarterback cousins who knows how much longer he'll be in minnesota justin jefferson is clearly not going anywhere and then you talk about the the seattle situation you know at some point in the near future they're going to hit the reset button on the quarterback position as well and if it's not somebody that steps in right away i also think though from a smith and jigma standpoint that you know, the, the narrative seems to be, oh, he's the third guy and they've right. never had a third guy. they never had a guy like this. You know, it's it's been so many also Rands, and maybe this and maybe that this guy is a supreme talent that has the chance to be their best receiver. You know, a, as good as DK Metcalf has been, as good as Tyler Lockett has been, this pedigree is better than both those guys. And so we'll see if he takes, the, takes advantage of it and gets a chance to be special. So I would put Smith Najigba and Addison ahead of Quentin Johnson for now because exactly what he said is his route running, I think, still needs to you know, improve and, and the ability to you know separate is going to be a big part of his game. But clearly, you'd like the guy tied to the best quarterback, and that's easily Quentin Johnson over what we see from those other two guys.
0: All right, next email is from Shane. Hey, Fox, Oliver, Kennedy, and Gillen. Fox, Oliver, Kennedy, and Gillen. Jamie, you should know this one. I don't. They're Jamie's. Okay. Great. <laughs> How do you not know that? Grade these oh. trades. Half PPR dynasty league. My top receivers are Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, and Drake London. Uh, I traded Jahan Dotson and a mid twenty twenty three second round rookie pick for Damian Pierce and Rashad Penny.
3: Oof. Um, so I'll say D plus.
0: You don't like people on the trade?
2: I'd rather
3: have Dotson than Pierce and Penny in Dynasty. And he gave up a second, too. Okay.
2: Well, he got Dotson, or he traded Dotson?
0: He traded Dotson. Look, he has Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, and Drake London. So he's trying to upgrade a running back. He traded Dotson and a mid-2023 second-round rookie draft pick for Damian Pierce and Rashad Penny.
2: I, I I think, look, on, on the surface, you don't want to give up a young receiver for any running backs because just the you know return on investment is never going to be great. But it's so hard to turn a player like Dotson right now mm-hmm. into an elite running back talent. Now, I think if you were saying, I'm competing right now, you would target one of these 27-year-old running backs that might be on a team that's not competing. Yep. And then you give them Dotson and a pick for – You know, someone that's a little bit more proven that can help you right away. But look, I mean, Pierce may have a four or five year window of being a consistent number two running back. And if that's the case, then I think that'll even out. But and ceiling is is certainly higher. So I'll say C just to be fair.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, And the second trade, I don't know what side he's on here. Elijah Moore and a 2025 second round pick for Brandon Ayuk.
3: <laughs> That's the thing we didn't talk about with Hopkins and possibly going to Cleveland. Like, is Elijah Moore going to get overlooked again after we thought he finally got somewhere they wanted him to be? Um, I would rather. I think I'd rather have them. I think I'd still rather have the Moore side.
2: I would probably rather have the Moore side right now because of no Hopkins. I think there's more pass opportunities, especially the quarterback situation being what it is in San Francisco, not knowing who's going to be the guy there. But, yeah, obviously, if Hopkins goes, <laughs> forget about it. You want, you want IU.
0: All right, next question is from Aaron from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm looking at making some running back trades with my rookies if they escalate to starters. Half-point PPR between Chase Brown, Kendry Miller, and Dwayne McBride. Who has the most upside? Should each one take over as a starter? Which established running back would you put at their level? Like, would McBride be as good as Akers or Gibson, et cetera? So Chase Brown, Kendry Miller, Dwayne McBride.
2: If they're starting?
0: Yeah. Who has the most upside, and then how good would they be if they were starting?
2: I think it's hard to overlook Chase Brown starting for the Bengals and not say he has the most upside.
3: I don't—yeah. I mean, it seems like because Joe Mixon could get cut, that's the one that's easiest to see, although Miller with the Saints and a couple of old backs and one of them in legal trouble, I guess— I'd probably go Miller, than Brown, then McBride, but I would say that Brown and Miller are closer for me than McBride is.
2: Yeah, I, Brown and Miller are definitely the top two for me. It's just – and also, you know, if we're just talking about this season, yeah. the guys behind Joe Mixon, Chase Brown should be the best. The guys behind Kamara, I think even though you know, he said two you know, older guys, but um, I don't think Jamal Williams is not going to have a role. No matter right. what the situation is, you know. So Miller, I don't think is going to step ahead, and I, and I think probably the same thing with the guys behind Madison, you know. Madison were to be the starter there, and then he misses time. I think we'll see Chandler, Nuagnu, Nuagnu, I do you pronounce? I apologize. Yeah. And uh, and McBride all sharing work.
0: And then what? What's the? I don't really know how to answer the second question, but if they became the starter, Chase Brown in Cincinnati, Kendry Miller with uh, the Saints, and Dwayne McBride with the Vikings. Where would you rank them, I guess, around which other running backs? Well,
2: I'll go back to the way you started the show. They'd be in the same range as Madison and, and Cook, you know, round four, round five for me, you know, if, if they are the guy. And I think
3: we're we talking dynasty here. Yeah. OK.
2: Um,
3: like, I think they would be below. But of that, I agree with what he's saying in that if these guys become starters this year, I'm looking at trading them. I think that would probably be a good choice. I think they'd be the type of running back that we don't feel confident is going to keep his job from year to year, and we're looking each offseason to see if they draft or sign somebody to replace them.
2: So we're talking about, I'm sorry, where, where they would be drafted in a starter Dynasty?
3: What, what they would be valued like. He's thinking is if one of these guys becomes okay. a starter, I'm immediately going to try to flip them because I don't trust they're going to stay a starter.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's certainly fair. You know, it's, you know, you've done a good job of illustrating this about the James Robinsons and, you know, these these guys that don't have the first or second round pedigree, and typically what ends up happening to them is that they they tend to not have the long term right. shelf life that you'd look for for some of these guys. However, the NFL has changed, you know, and, and and so you know some of these like Damian Pierce can be a great test case. You know, if if he has another smash season, he's not going anywhere. You know, and, and maybe looking at a. Chance at a second contract with the Texans, you know, as opposed to what we've seen from some of these guys in recent years, you know, where there's very rarely an Arian Foster, you know, that has a chance to you know, have some longevity with the team that they're on, despite not being targeted, you know, as, as a guy in the draft.
0: Last question, fantasy football at cbsi.com. It comes from a loyal listener in Michigan who says go lions. This is a 12 team full PPR super flex keeper league. And it's four point per passing touchdown, one round deduction for each year a player is kept, and we kept two, and we keep two players. Uh, and to answer the first part of your question, definitely keep Patrick Mahomes. Definitely take Patrick Mahomes. You have the first pick, and he says if he waits to the two three turn, the top fifteen will be off the board. So take Mahomes. Uh, the keeper questions are, or the keeper options are, Kelsey in round one, Brees Hall round three. Remember this is super flex. Uh, Travis Etienne round three. Ramondre Stevenson, round six; Jalen Waddle, round seven; Ken Walker, round ten; Kenny Pickett, round ten; Calvin Ridley, round eleven; Jamison Williams, round eleven. Pick two of them. The only confusion I have here is if he keeps Kelsey, does that mean he can't draft Mahomes? I would say yes. All right, then don't keep Kelsey, but
2: right, All right, agreed. Uh,
0: okay, then who would be the two?
2: I would probably go Waddle and Ridley and you're starting with a quarterback, you know, I I, I mean, the, the value on Ramondre's was was pretty good. Um, Ken Walker's value is still pretty good, despite the fact that he could be in timeshare. But to me, I'm, I'm keeping the sure things of, of what I think those two receivers will be able to do at that cost. It's
3: It was three for me. It was Waddle, Stevenson, or Ridley. Um, yep. So yeah, let's just go Waddle and Ridley to make it easy. That's what I was going to say. All
0: right. Well... Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. We've got a lot more content coming your way this week. We've got uh, Heat's bowl predictions, Dave's bowl predictions, my bowl predictions, plus Beyond the Box Score. That will be a bonus episode that you'll hear over the weekend, or you can watch it live. I think Matt Harmon is joining us. So that should be a great one with, uh, with Jacob Gibbs. And that will be on Wednesday at looking like 1 p.m. But uh, Eastern, stay tuned for that. You can watch it, youtube.com slash fantasyfootball today or just wait for the audio, audio to be released over the weekend. Tomorrow, Heat's Dynasty Show at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, great stuff. Keep sending your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Nuggets some five.